You are listening to the Apex Hour, hosted by Ryan Paul on KSUU Thunder 91.1. This show allows more personal time with our guests, allowing them to give us their stories and opinions. We will also give you new music to listen to, hoping you enjoy some new sounds and genres. Welcome to this episode of the Apex Hour. Where you came from and and what led you to do what you do? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. I'll, I'll present the the abridged version and we'll break off on parts that seem relevant or more interesting. So, you know, the first, the first 18 years of my life, I lived in, in public housing in the projects, uh, typical at-risk youth raised by a single mom and in that type of environment. And and for the most part, I like there were, there were no like role models or anything like that. But I I did make a small turn when I was fourteen to end up at this really great high school that surrounded me with some great friends. And, and it was a small deviation early in my life that would later turn into a big one, and an even bigger one. Uh, the further along I went in distancing me from my past, I mean there were still demons I had to battle, like alcoholism, and and really developing a sense with money. But it, it was it was a lot easier because of just these small little deviations that took place early on, and and I started the first big thing I I tried to do to to just get a sense of I guess agency and personal development is boxing, and then from there, after seeing what I could do with boxing, I decided to go back to school, and I'm doing all this you know to give myself more options in life, and it it worked in the most in the most unexpected way because as i'm writing about these things on my website and social media i'm building an audience and people are really enjoying the story and, and it, it connects me with people uh you know like 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 tyler who ended up inviting me out here so i'm interested in this idea of we'll get to to chess and physics and and the army and all that other stuff but I want to focus early on in in the boxing component of this. So you don't have many kids when they think about what sport do you want to to be participating in. They say, say boxing. Usually it's, you know, football or or baseball or basketball. What what in your past or life led you to to think about boxing as a way? Uh, So I'd always wanted to, to try something like that, but... You know, boxing is unique compared to the other sports. We'll say the big four, football, basketball, hockey, and baseball, in that there is a competitive path that is still available to you that is lucrative potentially no matter when you start. You know, you're you're pretty much shut out the market if you don't participate in high school. And even still, if you stop, there's no re-entry point where there's a real future for it. Uh, boxing and MMA, those the combat sports aren't like that. They're very much they've they've always been the poor man's sport and kind of a, a person's way out of uh, all sports have been, but but boxing and combat sports in particular have always been a, a man's way out of his his circumstances. So it was really just okay. Here's here's what's available to me from a from a sports perspective. Now, what's probably a more interesting question is why did I I choose that as opposed to Oh, you know, let's go do like sales training or something like that, or go down an apprenticeship path. Because well, I ended up in boxing because I was looking for something to do to add some real sweat equity to my life and and try to become a more interesting person because I wasn't really doing anything prior to. And and I I wish I knew the answer to that. I think I think I was just curious about 
the sport and wanted to see what I could do. And it, it looked difficult and it looked like something that no one else was going to do. So there's always a chance to stand out uh, in, when, when you pursue that type of uh, activity and opportunity. So you talk about that you were thinking about adding sweat equity t- to your life or to the world. Uh, can, can you expand a little more on why you felt that way? Sure. I, I did not. I was not at that point in my life doing anything. I was just going to going to work at Starbucks and coming home and, and drinking occasionally uh, and seeing my girlfriend. No idea why she you know was still with me, but that's a, another story entirely. But I used to I used to talk a lot of a lot of trash about the college system and and one of the people who would who would listen to me do that and I would rather probably better verbs endure me me and those rants was the mother of the girlfriend and she happened to be a professor of biology and she would one day she just snapped and called me on it and was like all right yeah, let's pretend you're right and college is worthless and all these things you know well let's look at what you've done with your life for the past four years besides show up and eat my food and, and then she gives me the boot and that got me to think, I was like, you know, she's exactly right. I have not done a thing. Like, if I died today, there would be nothing said. My my obituary would be unremarkable, as is, is I say. So I said, you know, let's, let's, let's go do something cool and interesting. No idea where it was going to go, but but it was, it, it ate up time in what I felt like it was a constructive way. Like, and that was good because idle time is really an enemy uh, for for any type of progress or improvement. So how much of the of this drive to be to be something uh, more than what you were was an internal thing or was some of it also I'll show you. Oh, uh, it was almost 100% internal. One of the I have a a good friend. He he summed it up perfectly when I was listening to his stories, a fellow what we'll say like content creator. When I was listening to him tell his story, he was he was talking about a similar transformation he went through, and he said what his words were. You know, my my lifestyle did not match my ego, and and a lot of people when they re- make that realization, I think ninety five percent of people they're going to change their ego, essentially sour grape reality, right? But the the people who end up doing I think really interesting great things and and getting the most out of life they decide to change their life so that they're more capable and in a better position to be able to attain the things that they think they should have for their level of ego and so it was it was very much me because like once it was pointed out you know like like once you're given a truth right and this is why a lot of people. Uh, will deny a truth or not accept it or, or you know, come up with all kind of sophistry to, to prevent themselves from from embracing what's what's right in front of them. When you're presented with the truth, you now have two options. You can you can bury your head in the sand, lie, but but you're aware now. It's not like before. Now you know and that's that requires a whole different level of cognitive dissonance and denial to approach the world with. Or you do something about it. Uh, and so once I once I accepted, oh, this is no good. I had to do something about it. So there was a what you're saying is there's a certain amount of self awareness that has to exist. Oh, I think self awareness. You know, I, I put that as one of the traits that a person needs to get the if they're ever in trouble or their life they want to change the direction of it. Self awareness is a crucial 
crucial uh, trait. So it reminds me of a, a quote I heard once, and I actually I've used often in a variety of settings that uh, that we each go through life writing two books: one we intend to write, and one we actually write. And the humblest moment of our lives comes when you compare those two. Yeah, and I think oh, that, that's that's spot on, man. Um, that is exactly what happened. And I've had several moments, well, not several, but but a few more moments in my life where where that realization hit me. I was like, "There's what we were trying to do. This is what happened." Uh, and and I, and and when you do that, you also have to. This is key. You have to take responsibility for what happened because it's very easy to blame other things and blame them. And there's always any outcome is multifaceted in the, in the things that led to that outcome, but when you when you're looking to improve your life you have to focus on what you can control even to the point of almost a little delusion where you really don't have control over it but you think you do uh and that is that that's the only way that self-awareness part works when you make the realization you know you you either go <laughs> that moment when you you look at the book the intended book and, and the book that was written is to me that's like a red pill blue pill moment you know, you take the blue pill, you, you keep writing the book you didn't intend to write, and you, you make it and you change your expectations and go, this was the book I was trying to write. No matter how jacked up it is, I've I heard some crazy justifications for, for, for life. Or take the red pill. You go, this is the book I want reality to look like. I have to start making changes to that. To, to make that book reality. And I think that kind of what you said is that self-awareness also means that you're able to take accountability and responsibility for that. I mean, I think for me, I've realized that, that there's always going to be two books. The key is to keep that gap as narrow as possible. Yeah. So, so you can, you can find out where those course corrections are and, and be that way. So when you, when you decide that, that this is who I want to be, although I think to your to your point, you didn't say I, I'm going to be this. I just boxing is a way that might find. Someone. I just knew, you know, what, <laughs> I just knew what I wasn't going to be. That's sometimes that's all you need, uh, you know. And then I would even argue that in terms of an instigator for motion that's probably a little stronger uh the avoidance of, of a threat that you've identified or an outcome that you don't want to you don't, you don't want to deal with eh, that that's probably a little stronger you know now to keep it going yeah you need something to really point towards and go towards but yeah all i did initially was i said i know what i don't want to be and i think that's uh you have said that, and boxing is a great teacher of those lessons because I can't exactly remember what you called it, the negative... Negative feedback loop. Yeah, explain that negative feedback loop. So, you know, there, there's two types of feedback you get for any action. It's positive and negative feedback. Positive feedback is, is encouragement, like continue to do this so we continue to get more of said outcome. Negative feedback is punishment. It's don't do this anymore so we don't get that outcome uh, again, and and you know they both have their place. You positive reinforcement is to keep. I always actually I always say that you know negative reinforcement is to change behavior. Positive reinforcement is to keep those changes, to keep them to stick around. So uh, we're we're really big, I think, and it's only gotten worse. My my ear to the ground, kinda. Well, we're really good on 
on trying to make people feel good for who they are. The reality uh, is that it's you know you're not fond the way you are. Life is life is an as a big process of chipping away the excess extraneous excessive marble to re- to reveal a beautiful statue beneath and and you know if you were like if that statue could feel it would it would hurt but it would, would look better and be better and be a better product the the negative feedback from boxing are that you you receive in any aspect of your life when you do something wrong that's the, that's letting you know that this is no good uh, and it's not going to get you closer to your goal now you can ignore it. I mean, and then boxing, you can't ignore it, not for too long, anyhow. Uh, in real life, you can, because we're very good at, at adjusting our expectations, <laughs> like, like frighteningly good at it. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of unrealized potential and, and lost dreams because someone adjusted their expectation of themselves as to avoid the the hard work or difficult conversations that come with such realizations. So essentially, if you make a mistake or you're not doing something right in boxing, you get physically wailed yep. on. Um, as I say, man, look, you don't really make the same mistake twice and you don't make it three times because you won't. You, you would have been hurt to the point of of some level of incapacitation uh, a smart coach will, will pull you or, and, or a good fighter will recognize like wow this guy just let me do this three times well I know what I'm not doing anything else until he makes me uh, <laughs> until he makes me adjust to this Cool. Well, let's uh, let's at that at that point let's take our first our first break. As as I've told you before, and those of you who've listened know that when we invite our guests on to the Apex Radio Hour, we ask them to choose a number of songs that mean something or resonate something to them. So we we asked you, and uh, the first song that you you chose for us is called "Show Me the Way" by Dilated Peoples, featuring Aloe Black. Can you tell us why you chose that song? Oh man, that's that's the anthem for. For uh, anyone trying to, who's, who's dealing with a struggle or a problem, and they've, they've just got to continue to make steps and go through it, you know, where you don't really get a chance to to rest. You know, that that's the that's the one thing that's different why, well, and why I like boxing. But, you know, whenever there's a problem, you don't you don't get a chance to rest. Those pro- especially in life, those problems don't go away. You have to continue going and figure it out. And and that song always was was motivating to me in that respect. Okay. So let's hear Show Me the Way by Dilated Peoples featuring Aloe Black. the day i watch the world on wheels hit the yellow and gray the ones don't work all the ones don't eat and once again i'm from that city where the sun don't sleep it's time to get live because the terms is breach ride the wave like the world is a beach learn more i teach i 
I was raised by M.W.A. and Stacey A. All day, same story, different briefcase. I'm nonchalant to others peddling weight. I got a purpose to serving up and settle my state. Been through it, all of it great. Put the ruler to the movement, all of it straight. Uh, big fish, even calling them bait. One love, one dish, see them all on my plate. I take the lady on a vacate, she call it a date. Now she calling in sick, now she calling in late. Uh. The heart of the work, well, I'm over Love to be alive, feet hit the ground running, butterflies in my stomach like I'm anxious trying to get it, trying to learn a lot from it, on a planet in regression, in the loft at the summit, air is much clearer, catch me on the high road, some fight to live, others settle for survival, it's your world, you can write the line you live your life on, it's heavy but you're strong, just hold on until that light dawns. It's starting now, pardon me, we're partying Escalating, redefining the state of the art again Celebrating, elevators open up to secret floors Different rules and secret laws From the roof you'll see the stars Only fear boredom in a world of raw materials Excited by potential, inspired by adventure Calculated circles, the circumference and the radius The only cast to float without a float through the parade is us The heart of the work, well, I'm over It's routine by the beach I rise First up, I hit the weed, then I bleach my eyes Then it's to the drum machine to speak my mind Tracks like fitted hats, pick a beat my size Energizing on the darkest streets I shine Saw the light up on the mountain to the peak I climb Breathtaking new perspectives on the life I grind First hear a joy bell looking like I'm crying For just a moment The feeling of being content Not needing a dollar or a cent Smile for my mama cause she proud The studio, my headphones loud Bridge builders will connect these crowds Dedicated on my honor, you can check these vows That's purpose, power to make the powerful nervous Hard work ain't easy, but easy usually ain't work Now they say The heart of the work, well I'm over the day That was Show Me The Way by Dilated People featuring Al Black. Um, you are listening to Apex Radio Hour here on KSU Thunder 91.1. I'll turn it back to you, Ryan. Thanks, Evan. We're here with uh, Ed Lattimore, and we were just talking about boxing and the negative feedback loop about how you don't make the same mistake twice and certainly don't make it three times. And, and you've talked about, uh, to me earlier, about when you decided this is what I'm going to do in boxing. I'm going to bo- become a boxer. There's one thing I'm not going to do and that's quit. And then you gave some reasons unless these things happen. And I think sometimes in in life when we talk about goals and those kinds of things it's like I am not going to stop. Nothing is going to get in my way. But but you you have a caveat to that. Could you share that with us? Yeah, so 
this is this is something that exists along the spectrum. There, on the on the one end, there are people who quit at the first sign of difficulty, and then on the other end, there are people who you know they, they're gonna die trying. You probably, you know, if I had to to deliver an assessment of the current state of the world, I think most people lean towards the first uh, side of the spectrum. They're they're much more likely to to give up. So so we put these barriers in place. I put those conditions in place, you know, to 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 buffer against kind of an insurance policy against that tendency myself. I didn't think I had it, but but you know, you never know. But but I wasn't so like gung ho that I was going to just continue regardless of the feedback I was getting. Like if I went in and I lost my first ten fights, right? I mean, there, there's there's you, you take your losses and then there's like, well, you know, did I get knocked out? Did I get hurt? Was it close? That kind of thing. You know, if, if I'm not making any progress, it's very hard to be motivated. But I'm I'm fortunate that I that I had some good progress. But I would say that most you know we 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 all need a condition. To, to quit or pivot or leave, you know, and we can't be afraid to do that. But I think most people, that's not their problem. Their problem is the other problem, which is that they give up too easily. They don't let themselves, you know, suffer a little bit in the learning process and make some mistakes, skin some knees, fall down a few times and keep getting back up. Because after you do that, you know, I say give give yourself 1,500 hours of intense practice before you decide to give something up. And 1,500 hours of, of good intense practice, I mean, you can knock that out in three months if you're, if, if it's, if it's a hobby, right? Uh, and if you're, if you're really serious, you can, you can knock that out in, in a bit, a bit sooner, uh, or three years, not three months. Uh, but the, the point is like, either way, you you would prefer your condition for stopping to be something that is like that that when you look back you're not gonna go oh, I could have pushed harder it's like man my eye was hanging out of my socket I should I should have stopped you know <laughs> when it was just bulging at the beginning that kind of deal I think most people really would benefit from that attitude so if if you were injured you would stop I mean injured in a in a significant way not yeah. not hurt I think you make that difference between if I'm hurt that's one thing but if I'm injured that's another thing entirely you know something different and then the second condition that you had said was if somebody who knows more like some uh, the advice of the the sage or the wiser person yeah and they were like look man I know you love this but this is not for you and here's why I might have considered it. I probably not as much as if my body was like, dude, you know, we get, we're broken. But, but I, I said if that ever happened, you know, I would, I would take heed. But, it, but that never, you know, it didn't happen until, uh, until you know, I, I fought my fight. I lost my fight. I had one more fight. Then I took the year off. I took all of 2017 off from training. And then I came back in 2018. I was getting ready for a fight. I was actually going to fight a guy. I was like three flights to New Zealand. And and I got injured sparring. And I got injured sparring. Uh, my coach didn't come with me. I went and did the sparring session on my own. And he was mad about it. But then he, he you know, once he, once he was finished chewing me out, he was like, you know, look where your life is at now. I had just graduated from, from college. And it was the first month I made more than 10 grand uh, on, online. And and a few other things, and he was like, "Look where you're at, man. You like you don't need to do this, boy. Like I'm your friend. You know, I know every time you walk, I'll train you. But but remember, every time you walk in the ring, 
you you run the risk of altering yourself in a way that is irreparable or irreversible. And and I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, you know, a bunch of places I wanted to see and things I wanted to do. Uh, and you, you really don't have a, like, you can't travel when you fight, at least not seriously. Uh, so that was when, you know, that at that point, I took the advice to, to step away. I, you know, and on top of that, maybe I was looking for, I don't think I was looking for a reason out. Um, but, but I, there were other things I wanted to do in my life at that point. You know, boxing had served the, I always say, you know, the, the graduate, graduating from college at 33 was way more about the, 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 way more than just about the degree. The degree is a symbol, but what it really, it was four, really five years of, of focused effort to change where my life was, uh, the years prior to starting and it looks so different now, and, and so it it really felt it felt like I felt fine. Like I didn't I didn't feel like I was dragged out of the sport. I was I was having a, a ball, traveling the world and seeing stuff. It was just time. The book, the story was changing. Yeah, the, the story and the focus changed. Like you know, it, <laughs> there, there's a there's a type of fighter I never wanted to end up like. And those are the guys that you know like to be good at anything. It's an incredibly high opportunity cost. You can't do anything else. You know, I, I, you know, I always wonder if I could have been better uh, if I was not in school. Or I could have been a better student if I wasn't boxing. I mean, I'm, I'm giving up a lot of time no matter what. But I never wanted to be a, a guy who, when when the, the dust cleared and the glory was gone, all I had was working in a factory and, and working at the gym, trying you know scraping by for a living. And and relive in the old days. I never wanted to be that guy. And those those coworkers would be. He used to be somebody. He, yeah, it's like like in the old movies, right? He used to be the the Golden Gloves champ, and now right. Never, I never wanted to be that way. So I there were other things I, I went and invested in myself in other ways, so that when that time came, I you know I I fought guys. You know they were they were there for the paycheck, and it was obvious because they needed that money. Uh, and it's not like it was a lot of money. They just needed it. Uh, and I never wanted to be that person. So so, so I know I wasn't that person because of how I felt when I stepped away. I didn't like, I was like, oh, man, I miss boxing or anything like that. So this vehicle that, that boxing had provided for you initially, the spark of of the sweat equity had had sur- had transformed and grown into something else to say, I've done this for my body. Now it's time to think about other Otherwise, parts of yeah. my, my whole self. And and I take that but but I take that attitude into everything I do. And and I think I think the results have shown and will continue to show the the feeling uh, I'm not going to quit, you know, and I'm going to practice and show up every day. And we'll figure this out. Uh, those those ideas, those mindsets, that attitude, you know, that is what I think that made me good at fighting, and that translated and helped me graduate from college. It's got me everything with my, my writing online and my book deal, and who knows what the future holds. But but I'll always draw on that lesson. And your relationships. I mean, the the lessons you learned, I mean, I think what you call, you call it hard lessons from the Hurt Business, really is about not just the physical comp- and Boxing isn't just you get into the ring and punch people. I mean, there's a mental component as well. Yeah. Not just a stamina component, but a... a what did you call it? the sweet science, right? The sweet science, yeah. You know, it's it's it, people people think because it's this it's a violent activity and it's a vi- it's a 
physically violent activity. So they don't often consider the cerebral aspect of it. And and the emotional maybe, but but in a very, very, you know, crude, rudimentary way, like if you hit me, I'd be angry kind of deal. They don't think about the emotional management that goes into, you know, yeah, of course you might be angry, but that's not going to help. So how are we going to deal with that? And and making sure that we we are able to stay courageous and focused, even though our our amygdala is firing like crazy and and sending all these hormones to the brain that's shutting down the prefrontal cortex and impairing judgment. All of these things are happening, but you got to continue to to perform. And that is that's a fantastic thing about the fight game. So have you ever watched a fight or, or been participating in a fight where where you see someone lose their temper and it causes and you say this is the moment the fight's you're gonna lose the fight is because you just got mad and you got mad you became inconsistent? Uh I I didn't realize it at the time a lot of times watching it, but but it's you know, you can see the fighters who who have not got control of that part of them and and you know when it happens you don't see anger so much the the negative emotion that that is most apparent is defeat that and 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 they may not even be behind but but something happened and it made them feel defeated and everything changes uh everything from from their punch output to the the way they defend a lot more um, a lot more staying out of range as opposed to staying close. We, we say in boxing, you want to make them miss close because you need to decrease the distance between you and the opponent when you're going to hit. So, you know, because the shorter distance, it'll get there faster. It does no use if you slip a punch uh, by, by two feet because you got to punch and cover two feet. Much better to slip that punch by two inches and even less if you can get away with it kind of deal. But you'll start seeing that lose, that that'll disappear. The, the, the fight will go out of them. That's what you can see a lot of times. That's probably far more common than someone getting angry is really this sense of despondency that, that develops after they take a good shot or they're put down with something. Well, I, I think that from my perspective, it, it seems that uh, as you think about changing your, you know, you've perfected your physical mind, boxing or physical body, boxing, you've done that, and then you turn to your to your mental self. It, it seems to me that, that maybe you got hit too many times in the head because the way you do to do that is you choose physics. <laughs> right? So, so we're going to take another break and we'll come back to, to the physics here in a minute. This is a song. I'm so glad you chose this song because this song makes me happy every time I hear it. Uh, it's a song called Sunny by Bonnie Hebb. And, and, uh, and you're yeah, saying to yourself, Bobby, oh, I've never heard that song. You have heard that song. Tell me why you chose this song. Man, that's just a feel-good, positive song, man. Like, like it just, it, it's... And then the story behind him creating the song is, is apparently, you know, for you listen to it, you think he's writing about a woman, and then you you read through everything about it, and and the rumor is that he wrote it about his brother that was killed, uh, and then that's just a rumor that hasn't been confirmed or denied, but it, it's still just, it's it's just a great uh, sounding song, and it's a it's a very uplifting song. You can't be in a bad mood after you hear it. All right, this is Sunny by Bobby Hebb. Sunny, yesterday my life was filled with rain. Sunny, you smiled at me and really eased the pain. 
now the dark days are done and the bright days are here. My sunny one shines so sincere. Sunny one so true. I love you. Sunny. Thank you for the sunshine. Okay. Sunny. Thank you for the love you brought my way. You gave to me your all in all. And now I feel ten feet tall. Sunny one so true. I love you. Sunny. Thank you for the truth you let me see. Sunny. Thank you for the facts from A to Z. My life was torn like windblown sand. Then a rock was formed when we held hands. Sunny, sunny one so true. I love you. Sunny, thank you for that smile upon your face. Mm, sunny. Spark of nature's fire You're my sweet Complete desire Sunny one so true Yes, I love you Sunny Yesterday all my life Was filled with rain Sunny You smiled at me And really, really pleased the day Now the dark days are And the bright days are here My sunny one shines so sincere Sunny one so true I love you I love you That was Sunny by Bobby Hebb. You are listening to the Apex Radio Hour here on KSUU, Thunder 91.1. I'll turn it back to you, Ryan. Thanks, Evan. So we, we left off talking about this, the, the pivot points, right? And so you've, you've lived 18 years of your life. You pivoted and became a, a boxer, very successful in the amateur leagues and then in the heavyweight uh, division. So, and then all of a sudden you say to yourself, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to study physics. That's a that's a light switch, right? That's a, that's a, that's a, maybe I'm sure there is physics in boxing, but what, what happens here? So what initially happened is I was looking for uh, a degree, something to go back to school for, but I made the decision very practically. I looked at all the highest paying careers and all of them and the ones that had the highest employee satisfaction, all of them had math. So the initial plan was to go back to school for mathematics. And then when I enlisted in the Army and I got my MOS, that required uh, training in in mechanical and electronic theory. And I said, I'm going to become an electrical engineer instead, which was, you know, not not a leap from math. And then I went and I was uh, 
I was taking the classes you have to take for engineering. All engineers have to take Chem 1-2, Physics 1-2, Calc 1-2. Uh, and then Physics 1, I was doing a uh, an experiment with projectile motion. And my math predicted where this pellet should land. And when it did, I said, yo, that's like, it's magic. This is what I want to study instead. And I actually got into a program at Duquesne that had... Uh, I would have I would have been a dual degree. I would have got a um, a BA in physics and a BS engineer. And I decided after I got all the physics credits, that was right around my writing and everything started to take off. So I just I said, you know, I don't need the engineering component. Let's leave now. So the what inspires you about physics? I mean, what is it? What, um, what excites you about it? I I like that. It it, des- it describes the universe. I was, you know, when I was looking back, I said, you know, what what are all the ways I can uh, help the world, right? And physics is like the the general science. It's like a general science degree. Oh, it's a little more than that, but it, it's you can do a lot with with understanding physics, and it opens a lot of doors. But it opens a lot of doors because it it really forces you to become very comfortable with with fit. Like physics is short for physical science like whenever you see that on like um any type of this form about student demographic that's what we're talking about physical science so it's the science of, of the world we live in and so that i just thought that was interesting and then as i as uh that was like the initial impetus but as i continued to learn i started to see there are a lot of patterns and coincidences and similarities in in the relationship of of many things in the world that that can only I mean I personally think can only be defined or, or can only be explained by by uh, intelligent design. Someone, uh, some being you know God decided this is how things are going to work, and that's why we see these patterns like the the formula for for calculating displacement. Or, or distance, right? A squared, B squared, C squared equals C squared. You see that in like everything. You see it as far up as relativity. Uh, when we, when we, uh, the formula for time dilation and and space space uh, expansion. Uh, you you see it when you the way. Now this might be just a, a function of how we decided to map out colors on on television screens. But when we're we're making, uh, I don't remember exactly how this goes because this isn't the type of math that I was most comfortable with. But we have but but colors correspond to numbers and their distance from an an origin of a color is is a formula that works just like that. There's there's an uh, a squared and a b squared and we know that, that c squared is that's just where it ends up. So so seeing these relationships you, you see that uh quite often. And it's just it's cool. I, I'm I'm fascinated by understanding how the world works. You gotta I'm lucky that I'm interested in something that that has the potential for so for so many other, you know, jobs or fields or applications and it just I think it makes me smarter. So if you could if you could choose if you had to choose a division of physics to kind of specialize in, what would it be? What is the one that fascinates you the I'm most? I'm super fascinated by all things uh general relativity. And and the big talk like everyone is like, Oh, you know, quantumness, quantum that and, and that's 
probably going to be not probably but it is really important uh, all advancements in quantum mechanics that's why we have i'm looking at these two flat screen tvs behind us and like yeah someone figured out how a transistor works and that was largely in the work of quantum mechanics that's why we have smartphones and and that's why we have lasers and a lot of medicine it's it's a it's a great theory for understanding the small world but general relativity you know what happens at a large scale when there's a lot of mass or there's a lot of distance or a high level of speed and how things change there i think that stuff is really interesting and cool that was what i was most excited about when i was in school so you you haven't always been drawn to math no no i was terrible at it i was i was an awful math student in high school and and i you know i tried a, a few times again when i got out of high school uh, i actually ended up taking calculus three different occasions and i think a lot of people would probably go to say that for you uh but i just once i saw that i had to if i wanted to have a one of those degrees that would that would give me a high salary i said all right well we got some motivation let's let's sit down and start working on these on these problems and and change the way I approach and look at math. So what was the moment where where, where math clicked for you? Uh, where, where it overall clicked and I was like, oh, I can see relationships. Probably when I realized that, that all of trigonometry was really just trying to figure out triangles and circles. Because, you know, like, like you need more stuff to th- than just that for math. But th- that was the first time I made that I understood a relationship that wasn't taught to me. And from there, in calculus, understanding, okay, this is all just multiplication and division. The difference is that the variables are constantly changing. And that's like, you know, because like if you ask, if you ask the typical person who takes, who's taking calculus, you ask them like, what's the derivative? And and sometimes they'll say it's the slope of the tangent line. And that's like an application of the derivative. It's not what the derivative is. The derivative is, you know, how something is changing at an instant of time. You need a formula for that. Uh, but but if you never learn to think of it that way, you'll always just be memorizing. And this is like a, a general lesson for learning. It, you can learn a boatload of examples, but if you don't understand the principles that are behind those examples, the strategic ideas, and you're just good at these these tactical examples that are put forth in front of you, you'll never, ever feel comfortable with something. It's the same way we learn. You're supposed to learn and study chess. You can... You can learn the open. This is why a lot of people, when they first start, they learn the opening. The opening has fewer variables and there's just a little less thinking. Uh, but when you get into the middle game, that's where your your understanding of the game shows because there's so many different variations. You can't memorize those. You just got to you, you start to know, okay, what's the best decision and plan to put together here? And that is a bit of a tangent, but the whole idea when math clicked for me is when I realized that there were relationships and, and you know, we can learn how to, but the calculator can do that way better than I ever can. In fact, in, in, in all my physics exams, they, we were allowed, like we used calculators, we were allowed to, and they, they encouraged us to write a formula sheet so we had the formulas because the point wasn't to do the math problem. The point was to understand what relationship this formula can help solve. If you have two different things and you're trying to figure out how they relate to solve some problem, you, well, there you go. Like something real simple like like Ohm's Law. Well, resistance, 
uh, voltage and current, okay? And you can memorize that, and most of us do. But at the, at the next level, if I ask, you know, well, how do we get power out of this? If you don't really understand what you're looking at and what power is a function of time, you, 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 you might feel lost because you don't have because power is not in the ohm's law circuit it, that we initially learned so these these are this is the way I, i've come to look at learning everything now is is what's the big principle and how are the individual examples that i'm given so i don't memorize the example how do i or what's the what's the unifying idea that it's helping me try to to execute so if, like like in boxing if you understand the fundamentals Right. And you build upon that and you if become you, more adaptable. Like, like one of the things I, that that's really blown my mind recently in boxing is like I, I've come to see the the body position that the good fighters all use and have and what, what muscles they have to activate. And then making sure I could explain that and understand, like, yeah, you know, it's in glute activation. So it turns the hips and then it gets so the, the whole body rotates about. The, the center axis like what your where your spine is. And one and and you know, most fighters and coaches, they'll never use that language. But the ones who get it, you could they, they, there's something magical and you can see it because they've they've been trained in it and they've been taught it. And that's understanding the big picture. Instead of, you know, trying trying to tell guys which is how a lot of boxing is taught. Let's hit the bag and work on these combinations, but it's like to what end? Because like like the basic idea of boxing, let's go punch a guy, and if you punch him enough, more than he punches you, uh, you'll win. And th- that's so simple that why would we? You know, I don't need to drill that, but I probably need to teach you how to punch and defend in such a way that when he does hit you, it doesn't hurt you, and when you throw a punch, it gets there before his punch can get out, and in such a way that your energy expenditure is low with maximum output, so efficiency. Those things, that's the way you have to, that's the big overarching idea. So, was there ever a time in your learning, in your mental building up, that you said to yourself, boy, this is harder than boxing? Uh, (laughs) I never... I, I don't think like that. One of the one of my my sayings, one of the things I live by, is that the difficulty of something is irrelevant if it's vital to my success. And with that, a corollary of it is well, then if it, if it's irrelevant, we never really think about difficulty, right? Uh, it's just does this take more time, less time, more focus, less focus, kind of deal. But since I have to do it, I have to do it. I, I never during the. I mean, I'll tell you what was hard. There were on this whole thing everything happening sleep you notice that that like I, I didn't sleep a lot it's like it's like having a kid man um i go well i would never describe this as hard but i really miss sleep that's what i would uh, what I say to say to my wife it's like I, I i wouldn't describe this as difficult ever but it'd be a lot easier if i could sleep an extra hour <laughs> yeah and and through this period you were also struggling part of this period with with alcohol addiction as well mm-hmm. and and it's a very similar pivot moment that that you have right yeah. about you decide that that this is not in my best interest not my best interest not help me get any further um can't really justify or rationalize it and you just have to you just got to bite that bullet and go well I made those mistakes. I'm not interested in making those mistakes anymore. Let's let's see where this goes as we stop making those mistakes. 
But that that requires what we were talking about earlier. You got to admit you made a mistake. You got to admit you were wrong. You got to admit that you are you're just not who you thought you were. And once you do that, then then it gets easy. But but the alcohol was was all it wasn't even it wasn't hard because there were, because there was no gradient. There was nothing I was pushing against. There was no effort. It was it was I am this way, and then it was like I can't be this way anymore. Let's be another way. Now, you know, and, and I was fortunate when I stopped drinking because I got so busy with, with life that I didn't even have a, t- have a chance to put myself in situations of temptation because I, I believe that sobriety is a habit. Much like drunkenness is, you can you definitely build up a sobriety habit. Uh, someone who's on their 10th day of sobriety probably shouldn't go to any place where alcohol is served, especially if they are friends. But when you, you know, there'll be 10 years this year, my, my friend, now they, they don't really because I don't drink and it'll be, but like I can go watch the game at the bar with them. I'm not sitting there going, oh man, I need to like feed him for a drink. Like it, it doesn't happen that way because my sobriety habit is, is so strong and so built up that it, it's, um, it's part of me now. Hmm. It's fascinating. So uh, let's move on to our, our final, our final, final break. Uh, and and by the way, I should mention that if if you want to know more of Ed's story or read some of his writing, his his website is edlatimore.com. He's got a newsletter that comes out as well that you can subscribe to, and uh, it's it's fascinating to to hear these thoughts and ideas that that you have. So this uh, next song, we were just talking about it during the last break, is called uh, "Playing for Keeps" by L. King. And uh, I was mentioning that I love this because I, I learn new and hear new music, and I've been fascinated by kind of going down a rabbit hole with her oh, yeah. her music. Can you tell us why you chose this song? Um, I got I have a good I have a good memory of this song, and then and it's not really uh, the, the song's not I, I wouldn't describe it as negative, but it certainly isn't positive. It, it's it's just a story of what comes back uh, to you when you well when when you're owed for what you've done. And 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 not what you've done in a good way. This is this is uh, the negative side of karma. But but I remember listening the first time I heard the song and where I was at in my life and I it was, a, it was a, a, I drove to DC. It was a good time. And then I listened to it a little more and I I really fell in love with the uh, with. I'm a big believer in forgiveness, but forgiveness comes after retribution. You gotta you gotta pay. You know, so we can deter this act in the future from the rest of the world and other people who see it. But then we we forgive, and we we move on. And I think, and on a, on a side note, I, I think that's something this country is terrible at, especially the way we treat our prisoners. Uh, you know, after you serve your time, as long as you don't mess up, I shouldn't even be able to look up your crime unless you know. Well, the exceptions. Point that's a side note. But to stay focused, uh, I just love the song because of good memories when I heard it. And then the message behind the song is like, you know, no one's exempt from, from the consequences of their actions. All right. Playing for Keeps by L. King. You prayed to have your name scattered on the lips of the young. Now you claim that it's you on the tips of the tongue. And if you're proud of what you had to kill to get your thrill, well, I bet it stings to give up everything and realize that they don't want you. It's a lonely 
That was Playing for Keeps by L. King. You are listening to the Apex Radio Hour here on KSU Thunder 91.1. I'll turn it back to you, Ryan. Thanks, Evan. We've spent the last hour or so talking with uh, Ed Lattimore. So this is the last segment of our of our show that we always like to do, and this is what we call our joy segment. So we'll start uh, with you, Ed. Ed Lattimore, what are you currently watching, reading, listening to, or playing that is bringing you joy? Oh, man. I'm watching a few shows whenever I get a chance to because uh, having my, my, my kid now and he's fun. And really that's, you know, I know it didn't fall into those categories, but that's really the big the big source of joy in my life right now is, is just being being a, a father. And I think I always feel like a new one until I'm an old one. But it's it's a good time and and I just I look forward to every day. That, that makes me happy. Um, but but when. When that gets too much, and I want to find another way to get happy, I'm watching this show on on um, on Hulu called called The Godfather of Harlem, and and it's 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 a it's a great show. I I, I enjoy it. It's about about Bumpy Robinson and, uh, and or Bumpy Johnson and and his relationship with the five families, the five mob families in New York, uh, based on actual events. With, with they got a great actor from Malcolm X in there too, and because he and Malcolm X were cool, and uh, it's fun times. But th- that, that's my thing right now, and I'm eating popcorn whenever I watch you. Great, great, thank you, Evan Miller. What are you currently watching, reading, or listening to that is bringing you joy? Yeah, um, just actually today after our lunch, we I uh, got a chance to take Ed up towards the the sea on the mountain, um, and it was kind of cool just to see that that massive view and. Um, and Ed's from um, Pittsburgh, and so he was able to see like kind of a Utah mountain view, and it was pretty cool. And so it kind of made me uh, take a step back and realize what we have here, and sometimes to take it for granted. But uh, that brought me a lot of joy. Great, yeah. great. Uh, Ryan, what is bringing you, uh, or what are you reading, watching, listening to, or playing that is bringing you joy right now? I uh, just this song came on the radio uh, while I was driving, and it has caused me much. Uh, I don't listen to to. I, I went to grad school in Mississippi, so I got an affinity for Southern gospel. So sometimes I'll turn it on, and this song came on. I'd never heard it before, called "The Basement" by Joseph Habdank, and it talks about the the lyrics are about this idea of of what happens in the church on Sunday. Everyone's worshiping in the chapel, but also there's miracles that happen in the basement at these AA meetings and people who are struggling. That that uh, it really really brought hope and a, a sense of joy in my in my life. 
So, well, we'd like to thank uh, Ed Lattimore for being here, and uh, we're going to go off with one song, another song he chose. We hope uh, you enjoy it, and we hope that you've had a great time on the Apex Radio Hour. This is Nas with Can. Doctor, maybe an actress, but nothing comes easy. It takes much practice. Like, I met a woman who's becoming a star. She was very beautiful, leaving people in awe. Singing songs, Lena Horn, but the younger version hung with the wrong person. Got a stronger than her when cocaine, sniffing up drugs, all in the nose. Could have died so young, now looks ugly and old. No fun, cause now when she reaches for hugs, people hold their breath. Cause she smells of corrosion and death. Watch the company you keep and the crowd you bring. Cause they came to do drugs and you came to sing. So if you're gonna be be the best, I'ma tell you how, put your hand in the air and take the vow, I know I can, be what I wanna be, if I work hard at it, I'll be where I wanna be. Listen again, this is for grown looking girls who's only 10. The ones who watch videos and do what they see, as cute as can be. Up in the club with fake ID. Careful, for you meet a man with HIV. You can host a TV like Oprah Winfrey. Whatever you decide, be careful, some men be rapists. So act your age, don't pretend to be older than you are. Give yourself time to grow. You're thinking he can give you wealth, but so young boys, you can use a lot of help, you know. You're thinking life's all about smoking weed and ice. You don't wanna be my agent. Can't read and write Begging different women For a place to sleep at night Smart boys turn them in And do whatever they wish If you believe you can achieve Then say it like this I know I can, I know I can. Be what I wanna be, be, what I wanna be. If, I it, if I work hard at it I'll be where I wanna be, I'll be where I wanna Now be. go I know. We came to this country. We were kings and queens, never porch monkeys. There was empires in Africa called Kush, Timbuktu, where every race came to get books to learn from black teachers who taught Greeks and Romans, Asian Arabs, and gave them gold. When gold was converted to money, it all changed. Money then became empowerment for Europeans. The Persian military invaded. They heard about the gold, the teachings, and everything sacred. Africa was almost robbed naked. Slavery was money, so they began making slave ships. Egypt was the place that Alexander the Great went. He wasn't shocked that the mountains were black faces. Shot up their nose to impose what basically still goes on today, you see. If the truth is told, the youth can grow. They learn to survive until they gain control. Nobody says you have to be gangsters, hoes. Read more, learn more, change the globe. Ghetto children, do your thing. Hold your head up, little man, you're a king. Young princess, when you get your wedding ring, your man is saying, she's my queen. I know I can be what I want to be if I work hard at it. I'll be where I want to be. I know I can be what I want to be if I work hard at it. If I work hard at it.
music, y'all. Save the music, y'all. Save the music, y'all. Save the music, y'all. Save the music.